You're listening to Grassroots. My guest this week is, I would say, a friend of mine. We've known each other for about uh, three or four years, although I knew of his work way before that. As a member of uh, UK band Flintlock in the 70s, they released four albums and had a handful of singles as well, as well as three singles in Japan. More recently, he's been involved on the Basel music scene, um, and he's well known to many people uh, across the circuit in this area. My guest is John Summerton. John? It's a real pleasure to see you, mate. Morning. Right. Yeah, it is morning. Are you isn't it? it is morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite we, early. It's yeah. a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We, we have to try and work out where we are. Yeah, yeah. We get up at one o'clock in the morning. You think what time have I got to be up in the morning? Yeah. And we get up at one o'clock in the morning a lot. Don't yeah, we? yeah, yeah. We do. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to start right at the beginning. Were you always musical? Were you musical as a child? Yes. Or? Oh God, yeah. From three years old. Um, really? Yeah. Pictures of me in on my mum and dad's dining room table with a plastic Beatles guitar. Oh, uh, right. You know, from them days. Yeah. Was it like a sticker of them, a picture of them? A sticker, yeah. It was, yeah. A, yeah. it was a red one. I've still got a picture now it's on my phone. I often show it to people that are interested. Yeah. Which is once a year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah people are not that interested. No, 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 no. Well, no. I'm interested. I'll have yeah. a look before you go. And you're yeah. always musical, so anything like piano lessons or anything like that when you were No, little? not piano. No, always guitar. Um, I did, did have a, a little touch on, on piano, um, but not, not proper lessons. There was always a piano in the house. Uh, my mum played piano accordion, so she was always on that, um, and she played piano and harmonica, funny enough. My dad wasn't musical, no, wasn't he, musical he never played at all. at all, no, no, he just enjoyed the music, yeah. Were you an yeah. avid listener to music? Oh God, was, yeah, I, I mean, I remember being at school, um, nine, ten years old, because uh, we lived in, in Dagnum, and I had the biggest back garden in Dagnum, it was called Valance Park, oh, right. so that was my shortcut to school, so I used to run over, over, over the fence for, I think it was 12.30, Johnny Walker. The, uh, the the chart rundown and tape it always right. taping that you know and then listening to it later and editing it and you know, cutting bits out um, yeah so yeah always always listening any to favourites from the era any any favourite bands or any favourite songs uh, well going back to when I was a kid kid you know you're very young it was always the Beatles Cliff Richard Rolling Stones that kind of stuff which is the pretty you know same for everybody same really. for a lot of people um, yeah. and that was my influence um, but later on sort of 12, 13 in the seventies early seventies was Steely Dan uh, yeah, Crosby, Stills and Nash. A lot of harmony stuff. I was uh, a lot of a lot of my friends were into Led Zeppelin and heavy yeah. Deep Purple. Although I, I like that, but I was more into Steely Dan, um, America. Um, what was it about bands like that that do you think is it is it the big production? Is it just the or it just appealed to you? I think it's it's just not the, the standard four chord. You know, it's a bit jazzy. It's a bit. Oh, why are they doing that? that? You know, it's a bit deeper than. than so you're always fascinated with the diversity of music. Yeah, really. Yeah, as much as yeah. it wasn't, you know, I mean, I'm not yeah. a knock status quo. It's one of my favourite bands. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. But the yeah. the diversity of, of sound. So were you a big fan of sort of Pink Floyd, or or was that not really? Uh, your... it, it, it was, yeah, but only Dark Side of the Moon. After that, I didn't really, yeah, you know, I sort of left that alone. Because then, obviously, with the band, we were busy at that, you know, 75, 70, 74, 75, 76, up to 70, late 79. So, Flintlock, how did that come about? Um, how, did you, how did it start? Well, that, was, that was me and Mike, Mike Holloway, um, back in, we was about 11, I think, 10, 11, in, um, in school. And I used to go around his, his house, because he used to have drum lessons. And in half, after his drum lesson, we used to get together and just play in his bedroom. You know, guitar. I mean, his dad used to be the, you know, the orchestrator. You know, right. oh, let's do this one, let's do that one. And it was just being me and Mike really. Then we got a girl involved, Shirley, local girl. I don't know where she come from. Oxo Lane in Dagenham. That was, but I don't know where how we got to meet her. Um, and we was just a free piece. And someone said, well, "You need a bass player. What does a bass do? You know, yeah. will that make any difference? Yeah. So you're genuinely a, a group no, of yeah, kids. Yeah, just, yeah, just kids. Yeah. You know, so living the dream or yeah." 
And through music school, which is Tripton's, we used to go to a music school in, in, in Dagnum. Um, and my, on Saturday mornings, I had a guitar lesson, um, mainly classical, sort of, um, well, classical and, I'm trying to think of the guy's name, but, but bluegrass, you know, finger picking stuff, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Chet Atkins, that's it. Chet Atkins. Um, and then after that, at 12 o'clock, there was the big band in the dinner room. So it was Bob Bell, who is, I think has passed away now. But there was all the adult, each adult had a section of a brass, Stan Burns was the saxes, right. uh, Miles Ridding's dad, who I can't remember, who became our bass player for the Young Revival. This was before Flintlock. Right, this was the late 60s, was it? Uh, yes, yeah, mm. I was, I was, it may be 70, 71, 70, 71, yeah. Um, and then um, we formed the Young Revival, but that didn't last long, you know, we wanted to elevate it up a bit, and uh, they never went to our school. So, sorry, I'm dragging it on a bit, That's but right. the, um, the, the, the point is that we then had Derek, Jamie, in Erkenwald School, you know, this was secondary school now, and um, they were two years older than us, and they used to rehearse and do all the, you know, the jumping jack flash and that kind of stuff. Yeah. We thought, that's what we want to be doing. Yeah. So it sort of, Shirley and Miles ended up sort of leaving, and then we got Derek and Jamie in, um, and then Bill come along a bit later on, and we were still called the Young Revival then. We were still, you know, we'd done the the, um, the Bow Theatre in 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 Bow uh, Civic Theatre. We'd done a concert for. It was Lady Ratlins or something like that, charity thing. Right. And um, we played our three, four songs. And then in the producer was Rod, in the audience was a producer called Roger Price, who produced the Tomorrow's People. Right. Um, the science fiction program, and he was working on a new show with Pauline Quirk, who again she was fourteen, thirteen, yeah, she fourteen, was a child actress, wasn't called um, You Must Be Joking. And uh, he come around the back and said, Look, you know, I think he fell in love with Mike, the drummer. You know, not right. literally, but you know, he sort of I, I like Just that guy, and he was, he was a pretty boy, you know. Um, and that was it. He said, right, you know, in, in three weeks' time, we want you to come down to Thames TV, have some rehearsals, and um, we want you to be the, the band that do the theme tune, sing the theme tune, write the theme tune, and do, you know. And, Brilliant. Uh, and it was, and that's how it happened. That's how was the it TV. covers initially, or was it always your own stuff? Um, covers initially, um, but for the TV show, we did, Mike's dad did write um, a few songs, uh, like Learn to Cry, which was the first single. Was it fanfare, the TV show? No, that was, you must be joking. Fanfare was a TV show, but right. that came a lot later. That's come 78. That, that was later on. Yeah, that came a lot later on. So um, you were in it from a very young age. Yeah. Did you, do you feel you missed out on riding your bike or? I missed out on, the, yeah, you, buying, a, buying a, a Suzuki 100 with me mates. Um, yeah. Yeah, going down the pub, drinking. I missed smoking. I've never yeah. smoked. Because obviously I was like an image uh, to uphold. As, well, no, as, it, no, it wasn't the image. It was the time. Just the time. It, I mean, I've got diaries back at the studio going back to 75 and every page is picked up at nine o'clock went there went there went, yeah next day da, da, mm. da, yeah. and it's literally every day apart from the obvious you know the Christmases and the you know a bit of time off which yeah. is there's not a lot and I look back through it now and think you know and we have private tutors we, you know, when we've done the TV stuff we actually have private tuition oh, um, bit, to do the maths a and bit knowledge. like Grange Hill though, yeah, yeah they have their own school on site yeah, they, yeah we just had <clears throat> Yvonne who used to and in the end she used to pick us up and then do a bit of maths you know um, and then Go on to learn our lines for that afternoon's worth of filming, you know. But good days, I mean, you oh, yeah, great, great days, great yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant, yeah. And it's not, I've not really spoken, you know, you, you tell the odd people, but to actually list it like that, you think, you know, as a, as a young kid, you did miss out, yeah, on, on a fair bit. A crazy, know. crazy sort of schedule yeah. to be to be doing that age, you must have been knackered, yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. just and playing guitar so so 
so much or, or, or just yeah um, yeah obviously you know writing and and and, and playing the guitar singing um, then going into various studios to do the albums you know that come obviously later on um, because you know, we had to find a name so it's like you know, 150 names in a hat and we just picked them out you know where did that come from just literally just I don't know where someone put it in a hat yeah there, there was there was loads there was salamander there was loads of names and um, yeah we went, they went with that one or we went with that one yeah. So you were already already in the public eye before your first album, nineteen seventy five. Was it your first? Yeah, album? we'd already yeah with TV. TV you'd already done, done. We done it the monkey's way, you know. Yeah. TV first, then. No, we're a band. Oh yeah, you look like you've just been put together for a TV show. Yeah, but no, we wasn't. Yeah, you because know. they would have had to put a hell of a lot of work in to get the song ship shape after people realised oh, yes. that, that they they weren't a band. They first. weren't a band. Yeah, was it right, similar yeah. for you? Obviously, no, we was a band because we we, we band played. Band. We you know apart from the, the first single we played on, um, but it was very violin orchestra heavy. So although that you know, if you listen to it, you, you can hear guitar, bass, and drums, and keyboards and strings, but a lot of it was real. You know, the producer wanted real strings and well, it was mainly strings. Yeah, a lot of strings. Overproduced, like Phil Spector style. Yeah, that kind like, of thing. That yeah, big? yeah, and of course squeaky voices. You know, because we were still we were really, young. really, really nothing young. had dropped yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, we were still waiting for that to happen. Yeah. yeah. So you got you got TV, you did stuff like that. Met, met with Paul Inkwork. First album in 1975. What can you remember of making the first your first album? Psalm Studios. Um, and um, Freddie Mercury making me a cup of tea. <laughs> Seriously, Brilliant. yeah. They were in Brilliant. the same. They were they were doing. Um, I think my best friend they were doing at the time, and uh, Roy Thomas Baker, their producer, he was in Psalm Psalm East. This is in Allgate. Right. It's the sign is still there. It's, it's the basement in in Allgate East by Allgate East Station, and um, yeah, Queen were in there doing that, and um, yeah, I had various chats with Brian May. Played his guitar. Yeah, you know, through his little dad, the amp his dad made, little tiny speaker cabinet. Yeah. Um, yeah, great day. Sure, I remember, remember that quite well. And then Elton John walking in and, you know, having tea with Freddie. And it was that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Not every day, but no, they we would do, I think, from memory, we would do the cheap, cheaper rate nights. So I think we they worked sort of afternoons through the early hours of the morning. Because once they're in there, they, you know. Right, yeah. And we'd turn up, say, 10 o'clock. So they'd be going home, or they'd be... And how oh no we need another two hours to finish so we it was like the overlap time yeah so there was a kitchen a little room where you'd wait you know and then the mixing the um tape transfer room which was just revoc you know it was all tape then yeah yeah so it was all there was no digital um just you know 24. what are we talking four track eight track no it was 24 track 24 studio, track yeah big 24 track stuff and what they'd do they'd put two machines together oh, so right. they'd sync two machines together um right. i don't know how they how they, how they done that so they can then could get forty eight tracks. So you know, Queen with those layers, the harmonies. Yeah. Um, well, I read about Queen is, is what I didn't realise you know, that that huge vocal sound. Yeah. Well, what I didn't realise, well, obviously you would probably know, but I hadn't realised until recently was that if there was three harmonies or four harmonies on the track, each time they went in, all four of them would sing the one part, and then all yeah. four of them would sing the next one. Next one. Oh, so yeah. you had sixteen of them yeah, singing four harmonies. Four harmonies. Yeah. Because I always wondered myself. I've done a bit of. You know, recording, home recording. Yeah. I think, how do they get that sound? Yeah. yeah, and it all seems so obvious when somebody says, mm. "Oh no, they all went in and not yeah. all sung the, the harmonies." Yeah. And you've got enough tracks, I suppose you can do it. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the songwriting process, thinking about it back then, was it doodling around, or did somebody come in no, with an idea? Or? Mainly Mike, mainly Mike, the dad, the, right. which was the manager. He was still working for the GLC, you know, the Great London Council in, right. in Southwark or Chiswick or somewhere at the time, and uh, so he was, he was. Um, the main songwriter, um, but we would all, you know, so you know, say a Tuesday afternoon, you'd say to me, like, when you finish school, we need to work out a solo for 
yeah. that blah blah song. So I go, oh yeah, yeah, right, okay. So I'd go around there, we'd sit in his front room, um, just the two of us, and work out a solo. Yeah. You know, um, there wasn't really much input on lyrically at that age, um, but later on that come, uh, and then what what he done after about the third album, second third album, we'd get credits on some of the songs that right. we put, but a lot of the stuff he was his his his. Baby. But I suppose the initial excitement. Of because we you know part of what we, we love to do is that creativity yeah. stuff the creative yeah. juices it's great we go and work on a weekend and we play other people's music and we do stuff like that yeah but when somebody calls you or says to you I've got this new song for you hmm. really hmm. you know hmm. you can't wait that must have been a great oh, yeah yeah well especially thing. when you start bringing different instruments in because Bill the keyboard player he was from he was from Eastbrook School in Dagenham um, he had the, this chroma clavinet thing chroma I think it's called chroma right. chroma yeah. And the solo, I mean, a bit like the Stevie Wonder, but a bit more percussive. Right. And you introduce, you know, if you pick up a 12-string guitar, oh, that sounds great. You know, you, yeah. you end up writing a song in that vein. You know, it's funny how different so, instruments you write different mm, songs, different styles, yeah. with different instruments, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, you, you pick up a piano. We can all doodle around on it, yeah. but then we'll come up with something and say, "Oh, when they come up with that on the guitar?" No, you so, wouldn't. No. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. So, first album was a great experience for you. Then, then you had the 1976 Dawn was the single. Yeah, that was off that first album. That was the first album. That was off the first album. So first album. Yeah, I sang, funny enough. Yeah, You sang on that one. Yeah. But you weren't the... No, not, not the, lead, the lead, lead singer. No, I did sing. we done all the harmonies. Um, Derek played saxophone, the lead singer. Of, you know, um, he was the uh, the main guy at the front. Um, saxophone singing. And then um, we all sort of had a, a pick of different songs that we fancied singing. And Dawn was the one that was given to me, or I picked just so happen it, sometimes yeah. it goes like that and that's the one the label picked you know to put out as a as good commercial poppy song you know, yeah got to 30 29 30 so um, over four years <coughs> I mean, bearing in mind at this time you're probably what 16 17 yeah over that that period four albums few singles yeah um handful of singles released in japan which were they released at the, at the time or, or no later after? later yeah they they sort of um staggered that because we went to Japan a couple of times as well. I was well. going to say, did you, did you actually yeah. go and perform? Yeah, in 76, 76, 78, I think it was, or 78. I can't remember. I'll have to look. Have to look enthusiastic back. crowds, I'm told. Oh, God, it was amazing. Just, yeah. just a different... Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and it's really weird. You know, you've got children yourself. Yeah. And, you know, my daughter's 21 now, and I still worry about her going out the door to get on a train to go to Chiswick to work. Yeah. And there's my mum and dad waving me off at Heathrow. Oh no, yeah. their house because we. I don't think they come. Did they come to the airport? I can't remember. <laughs> to go to you Japan. Know, a sixteen-year-old kid. And they go. Oh, he's going to Japan. You know, on his yeah. big plane. You know, and I think what they must have been going through. Funny enough, does it does it make you you know being at where you are now? Does it make you look at these bands like One D and and Justin Bieber? Does, do you look at them and feel a little bit feel their pain a little bit? Uh, yeah, a little, they, a little bit, because I would imagine they're not as in control as we were. No. Because we, we went with a, a record label, and rightly or wrongly, looking mm. back maybe wrongly now, I don't know, that was um, not that they're not not a major label. We had loads of labels come down. You know, right. We had Jonathan King, we had Dick James Music, which Dick is Elton John. Yeah. Um, Mike Batt, uh, he produced one of our songs and, and wrote one, Sea of yeah. Flames. Um, I'm trying, trying to think. Loads of people come down. There was Pi, there was Decca, there was, there was um, yeah, all the big ones. Um, Polydor? No, I don't know if Polydor did. But on RCA, yeah. Um, which I think were the basic rollers. Um, right. But then you're thinking, yeah, if you go with a big company like that, well, not us, the, the manager, Mike's dad, you know, who's yeah. just about to leave his job to become full time manager, thought, you know, if he does, if we don't go with someone big, he'll lose a bit of control. Yes. 
and then yeah. we'll be told what to wear, we'll be told what to sing, we may not even be playing on the, you know, you, who knows, you yeah, know. I think so we're out of control, yeah. so we wanted to do it, a bit like the bands are doing it now, do it, do it yourself, you know, yeah. but with a small label, uh, and, and not worry about the money too much. No, I think that's that's um, where music is, is yeah. as much as if you're if you're good enough to, uh, in, in these days of social media and yeah. stuff like it's that, totally different it's a lot yeah. easier, and yeah. then the record companies will come to you. If you look at a band like, uh, let's, let's, let's go back a bit, look, look, look at a band like The Hamsters, oh, yeah. Barry, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, they did it all by mail order, sending yeah. po- you know, yeah. Like, yeah. probably, I, I got one, The Hamsters are playing in your town, I used to send it all out all the time. Yeah. And and then eventually got big enough that a record company said, "Well, we'll release yeah. something." I mean, they, they, they I think I don't think they're doing it anymore. About three or four years ago, they played they, the last. They, yeah, but that was <coughs> people like yourself and and that sort of thing fascinated me when I was growing up. And there were a lot of bands around at that time, yeah. um, like the Pinkies. Do you remember the Pinkies? Pinkies yeah, yeah. We had, yeah. We had one of these. The son, the dad. Yeah, one of their their, their kids. Well, he's about thirty-seven now. Uh, yeah. He comes in and rehearses down the down my place. Yeah, yeah. the Pinkies. Yeah. They, they called it Power Pop. Was, was yeah. how it was marketed, yeah. and you know I'm trying to get that album because it's a belter. I've oh, heard really? some of it, right. and uh, so if you see him, can you yeah. ask him if Justin, he's got a copy? His, of it? his name's Justin. That comes ask him yeah. if he's got a copy yeah. of the album. I will do, yeah. Because um, there's a couple of bits on YouTube of them playing in the town centre. They did a show in a town centre right. in yeah. 1982, and Mark yeah. is in the background. That's right. Yeah, and they did that. Yeah. But they were the ones that fascinated me because they were accessible and they came from my town. Yeah. And and obviously we had. Vince Clark and we had Alice Dave Garner yeah. and Alison Moyer yeah. but there were other bands at the time that you may remember like Marlowe Rob Marlowe I know um, Rob really well you yeah. know Rob yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, people like that and, and they were accessible because yeah. they were they were famous locally right yeah. as opposed to you put turn on the TV and you wouldn't see them mm. And, and and there was a, I think later on there was a band called Bushfire which was like a reggae band I don't, right, no, I don't mean anything that. to you but all these bands fascinated me so what I want to know is uh, Flintlock What's, what's the word? Disbanded, or you just had enough at the end of the seventies? Yeah, I think you know after. And you stayed friends. You didn't. Oh yeah, we're still friends now. Mike yeah. was in a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, in fact, he was at some charity thing Sunday in Windsor. He was doing. I'd done the tracks. You know, edited the tracks for him. Right. Um, just to backtrack. Uh, yeah. No. After after that, yeah, it, it sort of. Um, what happened? Mike um, was the sort of catalyst to to, to splitting the band up because. You know, not in a bad way or a good way, but he started getting offers of other stuff because he'd done the Tomorrow's People. Right. So that was him solo. We then done a couple of episodes as, as a band, some space band in right. on Tomorrow People, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, he, he then he got offered um, some pantomime stuff, maybe some theatre work. Again, it's all a bit of a blur, the, the ending, because we'd go yeah. down to rehearse. Because Mike then moved from Dagenham, you know, right. the dad, Mike, moved and we bought this Pontlands Park business centre in Chelmsford, which right. is now massive his big wedding venue but that was his house that he bought and it was like the band house you know for for the media it was like oh we we live there we had our own rooms you know it was a big 11 bedroom house yeah in chumps and um we'd go down there to rehearse in because he convert we, we converted the stables into a rehearsal recording area right lovely 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 yeah. scene and um always might oh he's uh he's got a audition for some other show that he's, he's looking at you know I guess it happens. Uh, and it, of course it happens, yeah. And of course then you're down there, you've got no drummer, you're thinking, right, what are we going to tell you? Now? And then we were, Mike, big Mike, as in the dad, would then yeah. leave us to our own devices and we'd be writing. That's when it sort of was almost starting to get serious. We're sort of 18, 19, yeah, and we're, we're a proper band now. Did we're you not, know the end was coming? Did you feel it? No, not really, no. <laughs> because um, we just thought this was a little blip, you know, a little blip in, in Mike's, you know, career. Yeah. But, you know, looking looking back at it now, you know, um, 
with you must be joking. Yeah. And and again, if Mike hears this, I'm not saying nothing I wouldn't say to him to his face. Yeah. The drummer at the front, yeah, the band around the drummer. It was all about the drummer. It was all yeah. about Mike, really. Um, and there's no bitterness there. If, I, if I'm sounding bitter, I'm not. No, I'm um, sure, no. But that was the way they wanted it. That was the way it was, it was you know, it happened. Um, and again, if Mike wasn't in the band when we was 11, 12, we wouldn't have got the TV thing. So it's marketing. It, it, it? Yeah, it's marketing, yeah. So, um, and, and the, the producer of the Tomorrow People and... Um, you must be joking, must be joking and Pauline yeah. Quirks you know the second series of Pauline Quirks it was the same producer so he took us along you know. and that um, was a lot doesn't it the, the oh yeah yeah you yeah. Know, that's, yeah that kind of yeah, uh, yeah I'm being frank you know, you know, that, that's the way and, and Mike obviously wanted to do more rather than just sit behind the drums yeah. and do a bit of backing vocal you know because his voice is better than that and he's a performer you know so yeah. you can't perform from behind the drums unless you're Keith Moon, you know. So, well, yeah, there yeah. you go. And he was a performer. We're not all yeah. Keith Moon, unfortunately. Yeah. So where do we go from there? In Flintlock, no longer in the band. Where do no you longer go in the band. There? Yeah, me and what Jamie, me and Jamie Stone, um, we still had a publishing deal with Heath Levy, which was publishing our publishers. Um, so for about a year and a half, maybe, we used to go into the odd studio. There was one in Regent Street. Uh, they had the, Heath Levy, the publishing company, had their own studio. Right. So we'd have that sort of free time, downtime. We could go in there and write songs, um, which we did. Um, didn't release anything, um, come close, but never, you know, never, never. But it kept you busy. It kept us busy. Too. And then you think, you know, what else are we going to do? You know, um, I think at the time then um, Bill and Jamie were doing a bit of, because obviously they're old, they're two years older than us, you know, they're, they're 21. Yeah. So, you know, they're living with their parents, you know, are they moving out? You know, are you paying, are you paying the gas bill this week? or you <laughs> know, So you need all that, you know, you've got to think, yeah. about, and because course when you're, when you're sort of 15, 16, you don't really think about you know, who's paying the gas bill? You no. Know? Um, but I was lucky enough that, you know, we, mum and dad owned their own house or they were buying it. Yeah. Um, and they were okay for, for money. Um, looking back, I think they were okay. Um, Everybody so, around you supportive. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so Bill and Jamie got a job. You know, they got these part-time, I think it was manpower. They were doing, it was like when this temporary, you know, right. sort of in some security company in Stratford. And, um, and then, because all, as I'm in the band, I'm coming home. You know, you want a car, so I'm, I'm working on a car at my dad's driveway. You know, yeah. And so that I sort of almost learnt my trade in the evenings or in my downtime. Yeah, when you uh, when I when I wasn't in Japan or you know doing a tour of the UK, yeah. I was coming home working on my Singer Vogue on my Mini, um, and then someone said, "Oh, well, I need you know a mechanic." So I ended up being a mechanic, a lorry mechanic, right? Um, on coaches for about oh, so about four or five months in Dagman. Um, that last yeah that must have lasted about a year then we went on to do some Jags and, and high, high prestige cars um, and then after that we were talking 85 you know five, four years after mm. five years after Flintlock um, I ended up in, in Whitechapel at a Porsche main dealer so I went for an interview didn't even know where the engine was on the right. Porsche you know I'll, I'll say that openly was it at the front back and uh, yeah two week <laughs> intensive training course in Reading Porsche had a course right. and I become a Porsche mechanic funnily enough it's it, it it's like I've come across this a few times where you chat to people and they do you know, what you've done and they yeah. tour here and they do that, but that's not really the dream. Yeah. If you if that makes yeah, I know sense. What you mean. Yeah. You go and yeah. do that, and yeah. you, and there's people like you know out there say I'd love to do that, I'd love to yeah. tour, I'd love to tour there. Yeah. But funnily enough, in the last few minutes, you, you've spoken with more enthusiasm yeah. about the but, fact that yeah, you, you yeah. were working on cars in the I was well, Yeah, I was. Yeah. I mean, from I mean, because my cousin he. Um, in Dagenham at the time, Terry's School of Motoring. He had a, a driving school. He had 15 cars. 
Right. So he's paying four, you know, he's paying, you know, nine pounds an hour to someone, you know, where he could be paying me three pounds an hour. Yeah, you um, So I ended up being his mechanic, you know, when I could when I could. Yeah. To to do his breakdowns and his cars. And I so I got into it like that as well. So he was a help. I mean, my cousin Terry, yeah, they're I don't know where Brighton see now, and retired. Right. But um you know, that was a, a way into it because Again, it was, it was all different then. You know, health and safety wasn't, you know, you didn't have to be certified. No, course, you know, if no, you had a, if a screwdriver and a spanner, you could repair a car. <laughs> you, know, you can't even change a light bulb now, can you, unless you're a, a trained electrician. So Red tape, eh? It does, it does, it has changed a bit. Yeah. The music stay with you all the way through that period, even though you were doing Oh, yeah, other I was things. always, yeah, always still playing. Still writing, and... still recording, you know, little, little, like, like we all have little port studio yeah. cassettes and stuff like that. You're always doing that. Um, and then started doing a bit of uh, club work, you know, like performing in clubs and that, you know, which wasn't. Right, but just kept me playing, you know, kept me playing Keep and doing the odd, odd, odd gig with different bands and stuff. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing too exciting. Um, and then you obviously children, you know, yeah, and buying houses and you know, living, um, that kind of just thing, just the usual stuff. Yeah, um, is music better as a hobby or as a job? Um, well, I know a lot of professional musicians that I mean, they're on tour now, yeah, you know, um, and it all looks great. It does look great. I mean, mm. I've got a guy, and he, he, he's, um, he's they're in Chile at the moment, funny enough, and um, yeah, they've got their own plane. I think you know the band. Iron Maiden. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you know, um, Tony Newton. He's, he's, my he's, favourite band. Funny, funny enough, Tony Newton was, um, he's now the front of house engineer for um, Iron Maiden. He was in the support band. I only found that out the other day. But I used to service his Porsche. You know, I got oh, a phone. Right. Yeah, it's really weird. Like 87, 88, 89. Well, no, 92, 93 it was, sorry. Because um, I had my own Porsche garage then in, in, in Stratford. And, um, yeah, phone call. Oh, my son needs his car serviced, you know. Uh, yeah, okay, here's the address. It's in, uh, behind Bethnal Green Station. So I turned up at this place to pick his car up, right. behind a tyre shop. And it was um, a fruit machine company. Um, like pinball machines, fruit machines. Oh, right. Oh, they worry they repair them. And this was the dad. So, um, oh, I forgot his name. Sorry, Tony. And uh, there was all Iron Maiden flight cases in there. I said, oh, was he buying a self flight case? You know, he's he's in the support band. They store their gear here. And oh, that's the same, yeah. And he was on tour, funny enough. You know? Yeah. And um, I picked his car up, done his serve, took it back, met him, and we becomes quite friendly, you know, quite friendly with each other because he found out I was a musician and sort of yeah, done and you know, all, the, all the stuff. Like we're that. open books, musicians, yeah. I think. And and you know, he was in um, a band called Dirty Deeds, um, who were the main support band. He played football with the Iron Maiden football team, yeah, and Bruce yeah. and and yeah. Steve Harris in Harlow. And um, yeah, kept in touch, and um, he, he he then moved on to a band called Voodoo Six, which is um, another support band. But now he's front of house. So if you look at his Facebook, he's all over. Um, they're a, I know the Chile and yeah, their aeroplane got damaged. I heard. Yeah, yeah they have put a thing on Facebook. Yeah, did you see it? Yeah, yeah I saw yeah. it. Two yeah. new engines. Yeah, yeah, it looks nasty. Doesn't million it? pound each. I think they can afford it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They well, they lease it off of another company. That plane. So the, the lease company pay for the they they they've got them out of trouble. I think six yeah. seven days in Chile, downtime, and now they're on to Brazil. I, think I can remember Brazil. about yeah, I can remember about three or four years ago. Well, what it was four years ago was the Olympics, and they, they were, there was a big they had a big thing in the paper about who should be involved in the music and who should right. do this. Yeah, and they were saying, well, as it's London, you need to have Chaz and Dave, and you need to have this, you need to have that. And I'm yeah. sitting there, and somebody had gone on at the bottom, right at the bottom of it all, and said, our biggest export 
in terms of sales worldwide is Iron Maiden. Yeah. I'm not quite sure if Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter would, would go to yeah, would yeah, open the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. But a massive band and accessible blokes as well. Oh, really? I've, really, I've yeah, met yeah. A, a handful of them. I've never met them all. I've met yeah. Bruce and Steve and yeah. uh, Adrian. I met Adrian at right. uh, EMI Studios. I, was, I wasn't working there. I, I was, I was, oh. I was uh, fitting a carpet with my dad. Oh, really? and, um, and he walked past. I'm like, yeah. Adrian Smith? Yeah. And I thought, I've got to say hello. Of course you have, yeah. So, so, yeah. so obviously, so we've done that. So you, you've been in the Beagles for... Got a few years, years yeah. Done yeah, that for yeah, a while. Yeah, ten years. Yeah. I didn't realise it was you. Oh, right. I didn't realise because obviously I knew the name. Oh, right. And I, yeah. I only made the association when I yeah. when I met you. I went, oh, of course it is. Yeah. And that's fun. Yeah. That's great. Working all yeah. the time. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, we do quite a bit of function work and you know pub work and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not it's not too um, keeping busy and yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, we do. Um, I do a lot of charity. We look. I'm a trustee for um, a charity uh, the last two years, and we do um, some big stuff in the Isle of Wight. Um, Normally, right? They, 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 yeah, we do. The guy we're in with, um, uh, yeah, I can say his name, John Colker. He, he's he's based in the Isle of Wight, but um, he does a lot of charity work for all different. It's not just one charity; it's all different. You know, breast cancer, yeah, yeah, yeah. from you know children with disability that want to sail. Cause he's a big sail yeah. sailor. Um, so he's got loads of boats, and the boats that are adapted for wheelchairs. So right, wheel so the ramps. Yeah, yep, exactly. Well, they, they, they the wheelchair stays on. <clears throat> The boat, they lock it in. Oh, it's a specially adapted boat. Oh, great for, idea. Yeah, and they can sell, they can do the, the, the jib and whatever they have to do. Is that right? The jib? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that from my school days. Yeah, <laughs> jib. I remember being on the jib. I think that was the easy bit, the front. But um, yeah, he does that. And they, they raise some good money. And we, we go down there, they, they pay our expenses. Um, yeah, for, for getting there. But we do free concerts there. And there's always, you know, two or three, four thousand. It's not about the money, John. No, it? no, no. We, we don't, yeah. I mean, obviously we get paid what we're worth, but we don't do it for the money. No, we do it. No. Yeah. Because of how it makes us feel. I mean, I've done yeah. a few uh, Hell yeah. for Heroes, and we used to do some shows for, um, we used to call it the Staff Activities Group or something or another. When I, even when I was very young, working in sports centres, oh, right, right. somebody would say, oh, You play guitar, come and do this. And you raise money, you get get one of the kids a yeah. wheelchair or get them mobility. Yeah. You know, be, you know, yes, it, and it's a rewarding thing to do. Mm. It's not, you know, although it's great to, to play a show and have you know, two or three hundred people jumping about. And, yeah, it's nice to see. Oh, yeah. meet yeah. parents afterwards exactly and say, right. "Oh, you yeah. know, thanks, yeah. thanks for what you did." So I don't do anything. I just play guitar. That's what I do anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm not you know, the old. I'm, yeah. I'm doing it yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, Beagles, how did that come about? Um, <clears throat> phone call from Glenn Sissons. Oh, Glenn. Glenn, blimey, he, panic, panic, panic. Yeah, yeah, panic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think he was with um, one of your old friends, Peter, Peter, Peter King. Peter. Which was Kenny, Kenny's old yeah, yeah. partner in a duo. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ken, I still work with Ken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was Pete um, and Ken, and, and, and I think Peter done some Peter, work with yeah. Glenn. Silver Fox, they call him now. I'm not seeing for <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that was it, really. Yeah, me, Glenn, and Paul, and Gary, yeah. Gary Parrish. Um, yeah, who's right. the, the, the drummer. Yeah, and we've been, uh, well, Glenn. Moved on about five years ago. He's doing. He's doing he did stuff. a lot of things, Glenn, didn't he? He was in the yeah. Did when he? I first met him, he was in. He just left the illegal Eagles. Yeah, that's um, right. He did something with Susie Quattro as well, didn't? Yeah, he? went to Australia. Yeah, uh, does, did she tour. break her hand or something? She broke. Bass. She broke her arm. Yeah, broke yeah. her hand. <laughs> so obviously she couldn't play bass. So yeah. um, she still sang. 
yeah. and Glenn was on base for the Australian yeah, side. Yeah. I have to get him on here, Glenn. Yeah. Uh, interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've met yeah. him a handful of times, but Ken knows him really well. Yeah. And often talks about him and talks about him fondly, actually. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, this business doesn't always happen. No, it doesn't always happen, does <laughs> it? No. no. So you've been doing that a fair while now, but you've, you've got other things that you're doing. You've got Basildon Studios. Yep. Tell me about Basildon Studios, rehearsal rooms, but you're branching out, you're doing other things. Well, we, and, we teach there as well, because of Billericay Music School um, in Billericay, funny enough. Yeah. Um, they were having problems with the lease and stuff like that, so we um, we about three years ago we took that over. Um, is that right? My diction's not very really good. Yeah, and uh, they we moved it all to Basel to because daytimes. Yeah, we don't do a lot. No, so, that's, that's um, the thing. Do do the odd recording and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, which is which is good, but people yeah you know, people are working during the day. Um, the only people that are not working after three thirty are school children. Yes, so. Um, we've got the school running from 3.30 till um, 7.30 and then from 7.30 it's the bands yeah. so it's a, a wild contrast yeah know? it's just full on bands surrounded by music all the time yeah it's... but difficult to get that balance when we first done it because you, know, you can imagine you've got five or six guys in a band four or five you know yeah. and girls um, at 7.30 you know coming in um, and they're not children friendly some of them yeah, yeah, yeah no, with, with language and stuff like that so there was a period where you go look oh, we've yeah. got kids in here you know that kind of thing and it's worked out so well um, now um, yeah. yeah because bands used to like to get in at 7 o'clock you know you would book a studio yeah I want to get in half six when they sorry you can't you know it's, yeah. it, and it's sort of it's fell into a nice pattern now where the bands understand they can stay later you know I'm, I'm sometimes I'm there till midnight yeah. later sometimes um, and Tony Brown who is the, the owner of the music school from Billericay. Yeah. Um, he now, he's a great guitarist um, and teacher. Mm. So um, he, he's a great asset to the studio side of things as well. Definitely. You know? It's um, always good to have that knowledge and yeah. around, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever you've done, wherever you've yeah. been, sometimes somebody can always bring something new. Of course. A yeah. new idea or yeah. a new thing. Yeah. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, you yeah. know, you don't, you don't think about that. Yeah. Well, we do a rock school thing where we get, you know, the, the kids, you know, sorry, I've been taught how to play guitar or drums Absolutely. but put it together with someone else you know of your age you know 12, 13 like I did that's how it works and there's not a lot of places that do that so we, yeah. we, we run a rock school which is it's important to yeah. do that I think yeah. it's important to do that around the workshops and yeah. around the yeah. around a few myself just just workshops and guitar symphony guitar yeah. ensemble yeah you can bring people that what the great thing about music is you can bring so many people from so many different levels together yeah well you know from your jam nights which we'll yeah. talk about in a minute that, and they can all play a song and everyone goes, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. And yet, you know, somebody's just kept time on the kit. Somebody's just done this yeah, on the bass. Right, yeah, yeah. You go home and say, I was part of a band. Yeah. And then the feeling of being on stage and being part of a band is then oh, yeah. infectious. Mm. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. And you know, yeah. from performing yourself, mm. if you put everything into it, they'll get it. Yeah, yeah. They'll understand. People feel obliged to, to oh, that. Yeah, which is why you say about the German, which is why... It's not the reason I do it, but it, it's a, a great add-on. You never know what you're going to get, though, John. No, yeah, and also, again, it's with the you know the, the 12, 13-year-old, 14, even 15-year-old boy playing drums in a room, learning, yeah. you know, grade 8. He's grade 8 in a room. And I'm not knocking the teaching syllabus or anything like this. No, but is but he grade 8? Is he grade 8 in the real world? In, you yeah, know, he's, yeah. He might be grade 8 in front of an examiner. Yeah. And, my, you know, and I'm working a lot with Russell Gilbrook, the Uriah Heap drummer oh, at the moment. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, He's on tour, and we've done loads of new videos with him, teaching videos. Yeah. And I'm not trying to upset the the traditional way of people teaching, but his way, it, it's a lot simpler, mm. and it goes back to basics. Yeah. Uh, and if you've got the basics wrong, 
then it's wrong no, for, I think you can for, for forever. You yeah. can get caught up in teaching to a particular syllabus, yeah. i.e. the syllabuses from the schools of music and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Great, yeah. absolutely brilliant, and great for rudiments in music yeah. and great for understanding. Yeah. Can you jam? Yeah. Can you yeah. go, can you go yeah. and turn up at somewhere and say, yeah. oh, this is, we're going to yeah. play rock and roll by Led yeah. Zeppelin, do you know that? Yeah. Oh, I need my notes in front of yeah. me. Well, you're not a, pro you're not a proper musician, then, no, are you? No. <laughs> you, you know, there's training and training. You, you train your ears, you can train your uh, you're training your fingers, you're training your mind, and you're reading. Yeah. yeah and you, you sort of end up with, um, you memorise that. So some you won't need the music. But yeah. are you training your ears? So if you're at a jam, like, they go, oh, that's going to F sharp minor. But yeah. then it goes back to, you know, it's F, it's, you know and you know, you know that, don't you? Yeah. And you don't know that unless you actually are in a situation where you feel uncomfortable. No. So get yourself in an uncomfortable position. That's right. Then it becomes comfortable. See if you can yeah. swim or not. Yeah. That's the yeah. only way. Yeah. Uh, so your, your jam nights, Monday nights at Bowers. And Pitsy, Pitsy yeah, football, football club. club, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. been to a few. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, I've yeah. always liked it when I've gone. I was yeah. just Monday night, I can't always escape. No, I know, yeah. yeah. But I love that. Uh, again, you're, you're, you're part of the house band. And also on Thursdays, Thursday nights. Thursday night, I'm, I'm not always in the Romford one, but now right. when their guitarist is uh, typing up his tan in Spain, <laughs> uh, I get a phone call. <laughs> I but the you, phone call, yeah. You're you're very instrumental in the running of the Bowers one. Yeah, oh yeah, as yeah. A, a yeah. Part of the house band, and again, you never know what you're going to get. I think no, I mean, it's totally different. I've done wishing well and yeah. love the one you're with yeah. for a start. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we had man, mandolin this week. <laughs> mandolin, uh, yeah, mandolin. We had mandolin, bagpipes. Um, there's always a, a you know, it, keyboards normally suffer at a jam night because people got to bring their own keyboards. Yeah, but, yeah, of course. So I keep a keyboard down there, but. The last four or five weeks, you know, there's a there's, like, there's a couple of keyboards players, and they've been bringing their own corgs and you know, some stuff. Like yeah, oh yeah, it makes a big difference. Yeah. And a lot of brass as well, sax, uh, soprano sax, um, yeah, alto tenor, uh, the odd trumpet now and again. Yeah. You know what's amazing yeah. about it is when you do something like that. It's similar to if I do my acoustic shows, and there's always a point where I sort of like any requests. Mm. It's amazing what you know, and you don't know that you know it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, yeah. Well, yeah. You, you suddenly yeah. you start working out something, and then because you've been in the business for a while, you suddenly say, "Oh, it goes to that, it goes to that." Yeah. Because I, was, I, I talk a lot about this when I'm working with guitar players, or, or particularly the guitar. In as much as the guitar is a bit like a sat nav, in hmm. as much as if I if I said to you now, "Play me Blackbird," you wouldn't say it starts with a G and a flat and this. No. You go, it goes there and it goes, it goes up, up there. there. That's it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. we we yeah. remember the journey we went on. That's it. As yeah. opposed to the yeah, chords right we played. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's very true. So yeah. you're playing through, and I often I often push that. I say, look, look, when you when you're doing this, have a think. If you go from G to D, that's a straight arrow moving down there, and up to C is there. Up there, yeah. So yeah. think of it as a little journey. As a route, and you'll be yeah, all right, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise. It, and a shape is a shape it's not three yeah. fingers it's that it's, yeah. you know yeah. take a bit ball of play-doh make a house out of it now make yeah. a car out of it yeah. but you don't make it back into a ball first you adapt from you adapt the house from to there. the car yeah. Yeah. That's right? Right. Yeah. and it's always that trying to think outside the box mm. but amazing what you can suddenly pick yeah, up on I thought of that. It's a good idea, when yeah. you suddenly play and you go my god I didn't even know I knew that yeah. And so yeah. somebody, I think somebody the other day shouted out Big Mouth Strikes Again by the Smiths or something and I'm thinking Taught this about ten years ago. Yeah. Capo four and A minor. Yeah. Before I knew it, I'm playing. You're it. Playing it. And it's coming from somewhere else. Mm. Do you find that songs come from somewhere else? Like if your your songwriting process, do you still write now? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, yeah. Do you yeah. write for, for yourself or do you just? Um, well, yeah, just for myself and to and to see what people think of it. Really, yeah, yeah. Just to get that. Because yeah. they eat away at your songs, don't mm. they? Like yeah. uh, little melodies or little ideas. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, is it the idea that appeals to you? Was it, or do you just get a hook or? Um, it's normally a subject, right? Sometimes, um, most of the time, it's subjects. Um, 
or, or stuff that I've just got in the back pocket on little SD cards laying around. You know, you sort of whack it in a in yeah. my sort of handheld recorder and then put that to that. You know, make it, it yeah, re, re go back to it. Yeah, um, the last one I wrote was a bit bit yeah. Uh, we in fact we've just done. We're releasing it soon. Uh, West Ham? No, no, you're not West Ham, are you? No, it doesn't matter. No, no, oh, this is a cricket shirt. Oh, is it? I'm no. trying to work. I'm looking at it. No, in, this is a this is a cricket shirt. I'm, sponsors there. Yeah, yeah, people that know yeah. me know that I'm um, a cricket. Yeah, we've we just fit in. The, we just, in fact, we've done the video on Saturday at the studio. Right. Uh, we had about thirty West Ham supporters in their gear. Um, but yeah, again, you know, it's 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 we're just going to whack it out on YouTube for viral. You know, and, yeah, and see if it's fans pick it up. And see what happens to it, yeah. Um, well, that's, I think that's where we are. I mean, I'm doing the same. I've got a, a couple of projects on the go. I'm mm. literally just hoping for that. Yeah. Because the amount of time I put on the radio on a Sunday, and the, the, the people are phoning in and they're saying, we've got someone's on the line, you've got to number two. And he's going, yeah, it was just a video I put on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And enough people, yeah. and then a record company has said, well, we'll release it then. If yeah. you've got 25,000 yeah, people have gone and done it. it. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, yeah. in, in that situation, if you can come up with a subject, i.e., yeah. West Ham. Have you heard that new West Ham song? It's yeah. an obvious thing to do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's not. You know, it's, it's something that you needed. So in that in that instance, obviously you needed a theme. It's got to be a rallying up tempo song. It yeah. It's a stomper. So, yeah. 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 So it, it yeah. kind of writes itself once you get the initial idea. Oh yeah. Once the initial idea is there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've done it with a guy called Mitch Horner. Who, right. um, I know the name Mitch Horner. I don't. I don't yeah. Know he's a. He's. Um, I think he's into property now and stuff like that. But um, he was the. Um, House bass player for rack music, which was uh, Mickey Most. Oh God, yeah. yeah, hot chocolate and all that sort of stuff. Like yeah, that. so yeah, he was. Mickey. So he would. He was on a, a day day rate or whatever he was yeah. on. Yeah, and um, I know his name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was. He was. He was in the the, the house bass player for for RAK, which is Mickey Most. So yeah, I, I wish I could work out where I'd know him, where I've seen him, or where I've I've seen the name. It might have just been that. Just, yeah, just because I'm yeah. A, I'm a terrible. You know, it's not. Well, we see so many people, don't we? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you, 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 names and names and names. It's not like, enough for me. Like, mm. Same as yourself, because you said you're mixing this afternoon. You're in yeah. the studio. Yeah. It's not enough for me to just pick up a guitar and play. I want to know why the songs are structured, how it yeah. works. You yeah. know, um, I always say that if you listen to something, a musician's listen to a piece of music, and you know, my daughter is nine, and she'll sing along with it. I've already dived into it and I've gone past the singer and past the guitar player, yeah, past the bass player. It. Yeah. What's the drum player? What's the yeah. drummer doing? Okay, yeah. now work back again. Yeah. Because right. we work in a band situation, so we're we're yeah. constantly working on the amount of musicians, good musicians that write songs and come to me with an idea and then I'll, we'll work on it. And so I can't get it to bang. Mm. And they've got like a double snare, and I'm going, Where's, well, why Yeah, let's throw it off. Kick yeah. and crash, kick, what are you doing? Yeah, kick it straight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got yeah. no great knowledge of drums, but. Yeah. So well, if you want it to bang, it's got to yeah, it's, it's exactly that makes yeah. it jump out. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, you know it's, yeah. That's, that's how it works. Yeah. So what what does the future hold? You're you're still out there. You're hoping that this song will go. Well, no, yeah. Way. I mean it, it, that's looking good. Yeah. Um, I so said we're mixing later on this afternoon. Um, but really, uh, the future is, is the is the teaching side of it. I mean, I'm with Russ Gilbrook, the Uriah, Uriah Heap drummer. Mm. Um, he's injected so much. Um, fun back into into teaching yeah uh yeah we've got five drum teachers brilliant and again you know everyone's got their own method of teaching and i'm not saying the russell gilbert way of teaching is the right way or no. everyone would would, would in, embrace it yeah but you know i we i put a video on thursday on facebook right thursday at four o'clock um nine o'clock friday morning 
it's had 21,000 views. Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, and, and so that, I mean, he's worldwide, so you're yeah. appealing to lots of people. Mm. And he's just making it, he's just putting the fun back into teaching. You've got to um, tap into that. Music's got to yeah. be fun. Yeah. Because, I mean, how many how many people are you, we're not going to name names here, no. by the way. No. But how many bands have we seen over the years that you can see are there for the money? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I've, I, I remember when I started Wall to Wall in sort of 92, 93, I was only a kid myself, 17, 18, and I just remember thinking, I want to be in a band that I hadn't seen. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be that band that were a bit different and were doing something different. Mm. We never, we didn't, we did what we did and we, we had a lot of fun doing it and we loved yeah. it. But that was the main thing. And I find now, now I'm doing more sort of production and teaching and, and thinking about music, I actually find this more fun and more rewarding yeah. sometimes yeah. than actually being on stage. Yeah, yeah. You know, to the point where I've, I've said to people around me, I'm, I'm 42, I want to do another eight years. Mm. And then at 50, go, that's it. Mm. No more live stuff. I want to do studio work, yeah. songwriting, yeah. Writing, working yeah. with singers, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. Do you still, you love that side of it? Still, I still love the performing side of it, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, we look forward to the Isle of Wight. I know I keep talking about the Isle of Wight gig, but it, it, it's such a great gig. You know, do you do it with a few other bands? Or is uh, well, I, I compare the, the, the event and um, we, we sort of handpick different performers because it starts at four or four, five o'clock yeah. and the setting is the sea wall. So it looks over the the, um, yeah. the 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 Isle of Wight into the into the sea there. It's a rewarding thing to do, and yeah, you know, yeah, and it's a, it's a nice couple of days. And normally that leads on to something else, you know, like we've then got the Hampshire gig, which is you know, I think it's about four hundred people um, for that one. But that's a, that's a big, you know, sounds all in the sound company do it. You know, it's, yeah, it's like it's like doing a, a it's like going back to when we used to do it when everything was. I'm not saying everything's done for you, but. You haven't got to take your PA system in. No, yeah, it's, right. a, it's a proper rig. Proper There's still road, the gigs yeah. that I enjoy. Those, 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 those kind of gigs, yeah, which are nice to do. And it's nice to do them as a one-off because, you know, you get used to that and then you've got to go back to, um, oh, you know. setting up your two on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a Saturday yeah. night. Yeah, which we still do. Yeah, I yeah. still do that. Yeah, we're doing and, that. Um, yeah. yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm working with another band at the moment. We're doing um, a band called Abacus, um, which, again, it's, it's a bit off off the beaten track with, with stuff. It's a little river band. Um, some eagles, uh, life in the fast lane, stuff that people are not sort of playing. But you strike me as a, as a guy who loves the challenge of it. Yeah. Because you're often to be seen depping and feeling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You love the challenge of it, obviously from the house band on Mondays yeah. and, and, and th Yeah, I like being out of the comfort zone. Yeah. 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 yeah, when you've got to fly and you've got to find out how good you yeah. really are yeah. or what you're really capable of, you don't know. Yeah. And so I've always said that if, if I'm teaching somebody to sing, I've always said you, you don't think about Tom Daly standing on the top board, sort of peering mm. over the edge and going, oh, I don't like that. But he would have done that. Yeah. You know, there would have been a point where he'd have done that. He would yeah. have stood there and, and gone, oh, it looks yeah. a bit high. Yeah. You don't know how high the board is until you throw yourself yeah. off. Mm. And that's the thing. So, guitars. You have, you have, and I'm going to tell you to your face, the one of the best tones that I've ever really? heard. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's genuinely. I saw you, you see a few times on a Monday and you play, you play the... the the solo, the tone that you get, and I've only ever seen you with an Epiphone. I think it's it? Epiphone Les Paul. Epiphone Les Paul. Is that Paul. your main? No, no. I've gone back to the Strat now. Have you? Yeah, but it, it, you know, people say, oh, it's not the guitar, it's not the amp, it's the fingers, and I do sort of believe that a little bit because yeah. you go and watch people play, and you know, you look at um, Gilmore or anyone, you know, yeah, the sounds can, coming from them. The sound, it, it yeah. does. You know, you can put anything in front of them or behind them, and it still sounds like them. them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, it's, it's, I mean, and with with guitars, yeah. I mean, I I, I had my gold top stolen, my Les Paul, uh, back in seventy. No, 
It was bought in 75. It was a 74 Les, Lesmore Gold Top. And about 91, I had a burglar at the house in Dagenham, oh, and about yeah. five or six guitars went. But I've, I've since got it back. I, oh, found, right. I found it on eBay last year. Blimey. So And I bought it back off the guy. Yeah. Crikey. Off what? The, about the third or fourth <laughs> owner. Yeah. It's, yeah. Been, it's been... It's been to Warrington and That's back. That's a hell of a story. Yeah, yeah, that that was amazing. That was. I just looked on eBay. That looks like my whole gold top. And I'd done certain things to it that moved the strap lock. Around, right. Rather than have it there, mine was around so the back. So you knew it was yours. Yeah, and the the, the and it, I'd had it refinished because, um, in fact, the uh, one of the guitarists in the Limehouse Lizzie, Greg Alcock, he refinished it for me. About oh, eighty-nine, I think it was, because right. I took all the gold off. As a kid, because it was so badly damaged, and yeah. things dropped on it. You, know. you do things. Yeah, as a kid, kid you don't. Yeah. Think it's, you know, <laughs> what you don't think it's going to be worth anything. No. Um, so yeah, I had refinished um, back then, but my dad, um, you know where the jack socket, where the jack plug goes. Yeah. The four screws that kept breaking, right. so he made one out of really thick white plastic. So I went to look at the guitar. I never told the guy, you know, and I found a found um, for advice of a couple of policemen I know. Yeah. They said, look, you know, it's twenty five years ago. You know, you. It, you, what insurance company did you? I can't remember. Yeah. You know, so technically, it's, technically, it's still stolen, but it really belongs to the insurance company because it's, yeah. it's in no man's land, isn't it? So um, I, I ended up buying it. Yeah, you know, I've done a deal. At least you got it back. But the, the deciding factor was, I turned. Yeah, I'm playing it, and I'm going to the guy. I wasn't going to say anything. No. I was going to say, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll yeah. make an offer on it. I'll come back. And a nice guy in Brentwood. You know, big, big, top floor of his house, and. Um, Turned the guitar over, and there's the white plastic. And it comes thing. straight back to you. And yeah. I, I said, "Look, this is mine." I just let the turn. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. 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 So it's um. That's a strange. Funny yeah. old bit of plastic. I had one. Yeah. One I had a Shaftesbury Les Paul, which was a copy. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah, Shaftesbury? Yeah, yeah. Still got yeah. it in here somewhere. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think we got it off of a number plate. We cut the corner of a oh, number plate yeah. off. Yeah. Thick of plastic. Yeah. Through it. And it, my dad had beveled it all nice. So it was all nice and smooth, and with yeah. these black screws, yeah. Phillips screws. It's funny um, you say about being in the fingers because obviously you look at a guitar player. I did a, a handful of work with a Queen tribute and asked me to play. Right. And and you look at Brian's setup. Hmm. It's nothing, is it? No. It's it's all about him yeah. and what he does. And unless yeah. you can tap into how he plays, you're never going to sound. Like oh no, no, that. you're right. Yeah. Do you find that, that that's fa that fascinates you in as much as if you're being part of the covers band, but also being part of the house band and stuff like that, that you, you need to be able to tap into different styles, yeah. playing different styles. Like dire Straits, you know, the yeah. finger styles with Dire Straits and you know, Money for Nothing and the, um, what's the other one? The, the main one. Yeah, yeah. Souls of Swing. Souls of Swing, that kind <laughs> of thing, yeah. yeah. So you need to, yeah, you, you do adapt um, and it does, does make a difference, you know, because you want to sound like the person, yeah, yeah, especially if you're a tribute, you know, with the tribute yeah, stuff. suggesting it, yeah. you know, I mean, with, mm. with the Oasis thing, I just went ACDC with a delay pedal, that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. Oasis. Yeah. And then, obviously, once you start tapping into it, it's funny, once once you study one particular artist, which I know you would have done, you suddenly find that you know the solo before you've even played it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's... it's yeah. Do you have a, a favourite solo? That's what I have to, I have to ask you. Do you have a favourite uh, solo? It makes you feel a certain way. I, I like the Still Got The Blues um, solo. Oh. Uh, a, lot, a lot of the Gary Moore stuff. Yeah, um, Gary was a, a massive hero yeah, of mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of the Gary Moore stuff. I like um, the Little River Band, which you may not know. Uh, I, I, it doesn't ring any bells, yeah, but I'll look them great, up. I'll, great I'll band, look yeah, them great, up. great band. We're doing a few of their songs. Um, Eagles and Eagles guitar solos. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm just trying to think of. Caught me on the up there. Well, let's, yeah. let's, let's throw a few a few out. Yeah, comfortably numb. Yeah, yeah. Great yeah. solo, just yeah. just the way it's played, just the feel. Yeah. Well, it's 25 minutes live. We're starting to do time at the moment. 
in the great album. solo yeah, yeah that's pinched harmonies yeah. And, yeah. and stuff really, like that really have you ever heard that about if you play Pink Floyd with The Wizard of Oz have you ever heard that no. if you play The Dark Side of the Moon alongside The Wizard of Oz film it, it corresponds to it really have you ever heard that no I've not heard that if anybody's no. out there have a look yeah it's, a, it's one of those old myths right that you play and, and funny start enough, film start there's a bell the ringing and then there's the bells for time and there's somebody and whenever whenever the wicked witch is in shot there's like a, a seriously sinister oh, right. piece of music now I, I don't believe personally mm. in that but I don't think it's as simple as that right. but somebody made that connection somewhere I don't know what they were on but yeah. you know I don't think I want it on the sofa yeah, I just don't <laughs> want it yeah. I'm just wondering if you have ever heard that <laughs> no, you get these, these little these crazy stories from, from yeah. our business about that but that's. Yeah. I'll have to check that. Yeah, I'll look, have a look. Yeah, yeah. Have a look. Yeah. So comfortably, yeah. Sorry, comfortably. I'm still thinking some other solos. Hotel California, Heroes. Uh, not the song Heroes, but your your guitar Heroes. Gary Moore, obviously. Gary Moore. Is up um, there. Steve Ray, Vaughan. Brilliant guitar. Yeah, Steve Ray Vaughan. Um, Robin Ford. I don't know if you know Robin yeah. Ford. Yeah, Robin yeah, Ford. Robin Ford yeah. Not a hero, but I just like. What? You know, I, I can. Yeah, you know, I like doing stuff that he does. You know, help yeah. the poor, and I mean, a lot of his original stuff is really good. And his covers of old blues stuff. Um, so I'm not a massive blues fan, but I like the blues. I get, I do the hot hot it's blues. We, um, they, I get do, guesting right? down there, and that's that's a nice touch. The lead guitar, effectively, you know, the lead guitar all comes from BB King and yeah, know, that, that, that sort of box, and yeah. it, it's what the other guitarists have done with it. But yeah. when we analyse it, we sort of go, okay, he's taking a bit of jazz, but really. Yeah. I think like somebody like Mark Knopfler was classically trained, therefore he finds triads yeah, and little bits exactly here and there yeah, that, yeah. that makes him him. And to try and play yeah. like him is, a, is yeah. headaches. Yeah. But Gary Moore was, yeah, was, um, was a hero of mine. He's just coming to my head and gone again. Jeff Beck, Jeff who's Beck. amazing. Yeah. He does a thing with the, the bar. Yeah, he's, the he's bar, quite heavy he? on that. Yeah. Phenomenal. But, but no one plays like, you know, you know it's Jeff Beck. Because yeah. like, I like to listen to it, so, you know, you know it's them. Without, yeah. without a video, just listening. Do you know? Yeah. You know I always love that when you can tell. Yeah. You listen to a piece of music yeah. and, you, and you suddenly say, "That's Slash, yeah. that's Satch, yeah. that's yeah." yeah. yeah. And, and you, Eric Johnson must be doing it. Eric Johnson, yeah. yeah, must just be doing a. a recently, I'd say not recently. He's been around a while. Um, do you know his name won't come to me. Is the, is the American blues guitar player who's taken the, the Joe? Uh, it's Joe. Yeah. Joe, yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe Bonamassa. Yeah. Joe Bonamassa. Yeah. Incredible guitar yeah. player. I saw a thing of him at the Albert Hall. A day and I'm watching him. I'm thinking, I know, yeah. I, I'm, I don't get me wrong. I'm watching. I'm thinking, it's all been done before. Yeah, but I'm glad it's. I'm glad he's doing it again. Yeah, you know, it's right. Music comes around full circle. Now, do you ever get the little little idea that maybe you like to bring the boys back together? No, to do? Uh, we did. Oh, ten years. Ago, I know I mean, you, you did a couple 2007. Of yeah, we we. Um, but that was that was that, that was down to me. That was. Um, I, I got them all down to the pub to see the band. Right. And they said, "Oh, why don't you get up?" Yeah. You know, it was it, it literally. Well, they didn't. They didn't because they're not really reluctant. Yeah, in a way. Performers. Jamie, the bass player. I mean, he's 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 um he's big in IT and and um and you know, in London and all yeah. over the world. You know, um, working very busy man. Um, so he's he's like. Yeah, leave what's been left, or left. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, Does it sound right. Yeah, yeah. I think remember yeah. how good it was. Yeah, yeah. Rather um, than, and also you come back for a handful of shows, but you probably have months of rehearsals. Yeah, that take yeah. up your time. I mean, I would love to do it. I mean, and, and that's not uh, a selfish thing. I would, I would love them because we were, you know, we lived in each other's pockets before we were kids years. growing up. Yeah, you know, we we went everywhere together. Well, your um, family when you work in a band. Yeah, situation, yeah, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you're there to do a job, yeah. but effectively, you get the arm around the shoulder if you know. Yeah, yeah. and even now, you know, if we go out for a, for a curry or something, you know, we're at a table. It's like 
it's like five 50 year old kids 55 year old kids you know. I think music's age, yeah. ageless in as mm. much as we don't we still feel a certain way when we hear a certain piece yeah. of music do you listen back to, to it now and again and it's okay to say what uh, well, to our stuff, to your stuff funny yeah. enough yesterday I played Tony because um, he wanted a certain effect yeah. on his guitar and um, one of the songs on the first album because I forgot to mention Jimmy Edwards who has just recently passed away right he, he become this when Flintlock was finishing and Derek sort of lost his voice so we was going to Japan right and Jimmy was one of our very first producers he produced a lot of the Sham 69 stuff you know the punk crossover yeah 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 um, major major influence in me in songwriting he was um, yeah. uh, just a lovely guy but he died living that dream because right. he never actually made you know he never become a tour he, he toured but yeah, yeah he's done all the big big stuff but never actually made it onto you know what he would consider a, a living still, out of it. still chasing the dream still chasing it you know um but a really really nice guy uh, what's my point oh yeah so this uh, was a song on the first album called samantha which he produced so we'd go in record yeah but he then would be the producer he produced about five or six songs and um I think because he was, you know, sort of, um, yeah, 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 he was, he was enjoying yeah, himself world. at three o'clock so in the morning. <laughs> and we'd go back at sort of twelve the next day and it, yeah. and listen to the finished track. Yeah, and it'd be all quite psychedelic and weird. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I played that yesterday. Uh, a track called Samantha to um, to Tony. So did you? If you're recording with a guitar, do, do you, I mean, in today's technology, a lot of stuff that I do, I, I, I like to record a clean guitar and use a, what they call a guitar rig to kind of add the effects. Yeah. Was it one of those back then that you got the effect on the guitars first? Yeah, oh yeah, it was all on the floor. Because all right yeah. now, they reckon famously it was a clean guitar that they then added the yeah, overdrive yeah. too. I don't know how true yeah, that is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I just wondered if it was no, one all of those. Again, we were having this conversation yesterday with Tony about effects units and hiring stuff in. You know, because there was a fact called there was a Roland Chorus Ensemble, right. 1975, and they're on eBay now for a grand. You know, yeah, it's, I'm it's sure. a metal box that big with two buttons on it, and uh, we use that for the chorus effects. Right. Um, so a lot of stuff was always hired in, even twelve string guitars. You know, because at the in them days, all I had was a um, the Gold Top Gibson. So if you want a strap, you know, you hire a strap from Morris Packet, um, right. which was the hire company. That was a hire company. Shaftesbury Avenue or somewhere like that. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, the sound was always get the sound right in the studio first, then put that to tape, and then do it. Then, yeah, yeah that's that's how we, we always. Sound so ultimately, it. your job as a as an engineer is just really to add reverbs, limiters, compressors. Yeah. Oh, but nowadays it's yeah. it's I'm doing what you're doing, clean guitar in, and let's let's play a bit later. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, logic, logic. I use Logic. Um, yeah, Logic Ten. Yeah, logic I, Pro. It's this. I need to get myself a Mac and move on to that. I haven't yeah. moved on. It's no good on that can't get it to work properly on, yeah. on the Windows. Yeah, people say, oh, when people have got Windows, I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't use a Mac. But no, Mac. Oh, no, I want to use a Mac. No, I'm not yeah. one of those people. Yeah. But I love the idea that, because you know yourself, certainly certain guitars, you, when, you, when you listen back to it, you suddenly go, it's too much. Yeah. I shouldn't have. Should've, but yeah. be able to adjust it later on. Later on, and, yeah. And, yeah. To, and to get exactly what you want. Yeah. So you're mixing this afternoon, you're keeping yourself busy, you're out um, tomorrow night. You're tomorrow night at Romford, yeah. In yeah. the the Crown in um, Hornchurch, in the house band, and you're well travelled as well. You get like in terms of you, you like you like to go on holiday to places where there's guitars. I always see pictures of you with guitars. Oh, well, I went to San Diego. Went to San Diego. Ago, that was quite nice. You? That was that was a little cruise. Yeah, that was a, a jazz smooth jazz cruise. Right. And uh, yeah, I played on the ship as well. That was quite good. Brilliant. And, and this year we went on Caribbean, the Princess, and had the voice. Did you see the voice thing? Oh right. I won, I won the Voice of the Ocean. 
There you go. At the moving chairs and everything. Yeah, it was really. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was rehearsals and yeah, it was Pro- quite intense. Done properly. Then. Yeah, it was quite intense. Yeah. yeah. How many guitars do you own, John? Um, at one point, I had about thirty-five. Um, and now I think I've got about twenty. Yeah. You know, scale them down. And yeah. I, I think we're about the same. Yeah, like, I got up to about thirty yeah. or forty. If I, I think um, my my problem was if I found a guitar that I liked, so I've got these cheap little countryman things, and I yeah. bought about six of them because I liked them. Yeah. And with yeah. different colours and yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. is your Strat your main guitar? It is now. Yeah, I bought um, an Eric Clapton, um, an eighty-nine um, uh, yeah, Strat with a twenty-five dB boost. Because they've done it again recently, and it's not the same. Mm. Yeah, it's got lace sensors in it, and you know you can get all the Gary Moore stuff, the smooth stuff, and then you get the, the funky music or the uh, long train running. Yeah, the, the, they uh, are just the, so versatile. Stuff, strats, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. When I saw Gary Moore, he used a Strat actually. Picked mm. up the Gibbo for still got the blues and yeah. for. Um, Parisian walkways. Right. I used a Strat one night, and I remember watching and thinking, "It's an incredible sound." Iron Maiden Strats. Yeah, incredible sound. Yeah. you look at it, and you go, That's yeah, the Gibsons. Are, I mean, I, I love Gibson, but um, solid yeah, it's, sound. It's, but it's, it's a, it's not very versatile. You know? No, the Strats yeah. are versatile, and yeah. they sounds like they get. But, but yeah, to see Gary Moore and to watch, watch him play, hmm. I think he did. What's the song he did? The, all instrumental. The, the loner. Oh, the loner, oh, yeah. God, mm. ears on the back of my neck. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, John, I could talk to you all day, mate. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, been yeah. An absolute pleasure. But it's I'm going to wrap it up with that because I know cool. you got you're a busy man. You got things to do. I've got things to do myself. Yeah. John Simon, thanks very much. We look forward to seeing Cheers, you again mate. soon. Thank you, mate. Cheers, Thank mate. You. See ya.